Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. Welcome to the Beetlejuice Minute, where we discuss Tim Burton's Beetlejuice minute by minute. I'm your host, Julianne Fay, actress and owner of CinemaBliss.com, and my co-host today is Barry Rathbun. I am not an actress. I am more involved in the sound part of making movies. And today we've got special guest, actor, director, dreamer, Anthony Phillips. Hello, love. All around nice guy. Oh, we've gone British again. Wait, that that wasn't British. Again. We say it again, love. Again. All right. So back to uh, the Beetlejuice Minute. Is that where I am? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I'm delirious at this point in time. We released you from the shackles this time, though. That's true. <laughs> I still can't get out of the house. There's bars on the windows, but... But at least he's on a on a comfy sofa. But they did feed me, and it wasn't gruel this time, so... It wasn't gruel last time. I know. I know. <laughs> All right, we start the minute with practice haunting, and Juno gives them a warning about Beetlejuice being a troublemaker. Don't even say his name! I have not to use him. I think it's kind of funny that Juno, to me, in the very, very beginning of this, sounds just like a music, writing, acting, sports coach, any coach that you could imagine. She's like, start simply, do what you know, and use your talents. Well, it's quite funny because uh, the script has, actually has a little bit more of her lines. It's tricky, but you weren't murderers by any chance, were you? No. Pity. Murderers seem to have an easy time of it. Just look at Amityville. Uh, nice. That was They were probably worried about copyright infringement on that one. Well, Amityville oh, was an actual place. Yeah. <laughs> but I wondered if they were worried about maybe somebody might. Or maybe that was too on the nose. I don't know. Well, she goes on to say, he was one of my boys. Didn't have to give that one any lessons from day one. But I must be off. I've got a plane load of football players crashed in the Midwest, and they need a lot of help with the basics. <laughs> a little foreshadowing. Mm. But then they took that out. Points at her head, indicating dumbness. Wow. So yeah, what... so they decided it was a little less on the nose. <laughs> I guess so. So while you have the floor, Barry, would you like to tell us about it? Uh-huh. The floor? It is a very nice floor. The mark on the oh. floor. <laughs> Well, it's actually on the stairs, darling. Yeah, the so... The stairs are on the floor. They're not on the ceiling, right? It's not be the headed stairs out. are above the floor. I think we should keep it in. This is quite <laughs> amusing. <laughs> stairs are actually elevated above the floor, but you're right, they're not on the ceiling. Correct. So therefore, they're part of the floor. They're <laughs> elevated flooring. Just tell us about what you found during your investigation. Yes, Barry noticed something that the rest of us did not, but he seems to be laughing up a storm and can't quite catch his breath yet. <laughs> I was probably looking at Gina Davis, so that's I was excuse. looking at Sylvia Sidney. I couldn't help it. We're going to just keep chatting now until <laughs> Barry catches his breath and he can tell us what he saw on the staircase. Yes, so I spied with my little eyes. You can totally see an actor's mark on that stairway. Just about as the, uh, as the shot cuts from them on the stairs to the attic, you can very plainly see a T mark of gaffer's tape. Despite what you think, I don't think it's supposed to be part of the house. No, I don't think it's supposed to be either. I was just saying there are people out there who will probably make that argument that, oh, they were decorating. It's not a mistake. But no, it's it's, it's, it's clearly a actor's. <laughs> we should know. So, <laughs> yes, indeed. it's That definitely looks like an actor's mark. Mm. Yes. 
I was also noticing that the model looks a little bit more finished, maybe? Or maybe it's just because of all the lighting? Because uh, we haven't seen it in nighttime with the lights true. On. We haven't seen it lit up. But it also is the transition. When they walk into the room, there's blue lighting. And when they actually, she's recanting, recalling, telling the story, recounting the story of Beetle just working for her as an assistant, it progressively gets red. Oh, yeah. And redder. It, it, it goes very red. Very red. <laughs> Quite dramatic. And the music starts off all, like, ominous, and then it starts to become kind of jaunty when she talks about what Beetlejuice has gotten up to. Probably because it's more mayhem-like. Yes. Jaunty mayhem, perhaps. Yeah, she she talks about he was a troublemaker, uh, but she doesn't really go into much detail unless you read the script. And it talks Do about... Do tell. Tell me more, tell me more. You remember the Chicago fire? I cannot rhyme that with... <laughs> <laughs> Greece. But yeah, uh, so apparently he was in the Chicago Fire. It was not a revenge cow, as we all thought. Oh, bada bing. Uh, he was demoted to a grade six malevolent spirit, and he's been imprisoned on that plane ever since. Oh, so if you do something bad in the afterlife, you are sent back into what we're assuming is the in-between or purgatory. Well, of course, there's there's a bureaucracy, so of course they have a penal code. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm looking at Juno's outfit, and I wonder what era she actually passed away in, because mm. she has the pearls, lots of pearls, not just a little strand, but lots of opulent pearls, the perfect manicure, all of her nails are brilliantly manicured, Quaffed hair and five clearly pounds takes of makeup. pride in her appearance, <laughs> in spite of the fact that she's you know got the tracheotomy going there. Oh, you can really see the smoke in this scene too. So, oh, that's the other thing I it wanted goes, to mention. <laughs> that's the other thing I wanted to mention. You did mention in the previous minute that she was Oscar nominated, and um, I can see why. Because how hard would it be not to crack up at least the first or second time when you're doing your your lines and you feel the smoke just wafting up from your neck all that tubing i also have an ar argument about that. i don't think that's a tracheotomy because a tracheotomy is usually a very small scar and it's usually vertical not horizontal right on the throat so i'm thinking maybe she was almost beheaded because the, the slit actually goes all the way across her neck not quite a pez dispenser yeah not quite a pez dispenser but close it looks yeah. like she has a flip top head so i'm thinking that maybe she was almost beheaded Ooh, mm. that's a really interesting... I'd like to know that story. I would, too. I'd like to know what the backstory is. But that does throw into, into doubt the idea of the suicides being civil servants. Well, she's a caseworker. Yeah. Oh, well, but you wouldn't behead yourself. That's a good point. That's not really a well, way to I mean, kill you yourself. Well, I mean, you could try, but... You'd probably <laughs> die before you made it all the way across if you hit the wrong vein. What if you, like, lined up on a guillotine and just... I don't know. Then she would lose her whole head, and she'd be like the sodded half girl. But if it malfunctioned? Okay, this is a really weird conversation. It is, but it also goes back to the point where you were talking earlier, how does does he sometimes do stuff just so he can show off the gag? Like earlier, we were talking about how um, she was just floating in midair for no reason. Mm. Was that really necessary? Right. So this, again, is one of those things where hey, what if we had a character who had her throat slit, and so then we could show smoke coming out of it when she smokes? Yeah. It's almost like they thought of the gag and then worked it in. Right. I can see This that. is possible, too. Yeah. Which is still funny as heck. Still funny. And I'm so, trying yeah. to imagine as an actor, <laughs> at least the very first take, when you first feel the smoke just going all <laughs> over your face and you're trying to be serious. Unless mm -hmm. she's like Wallace Shawn and she just doesn't have a sense of humor. Well, I mean, she was in a lot of dramas for a while. She was actually in, she she was Fontaine in the 1920s. 
And she did say no to this originally. So. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying, well, I think she is brilliant because she is so earnest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just know that if it was me, it. if it was me personally, the very first take, I'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, if you look at her and you walk into the DMV, you're going to be like, yep. Oh, yeah. Yep, well, she's she, been here for a while. She kind of plays the same ish character in the, 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 the more recent Fantasy Island. Kind of that, that caseworker yeah. idea as well. Been there, seen everything. I don't have time for your BS kind of right. kind of mode. And I like the whole thing. It's just reading the manual. Mm-hmm. She's like, have you just read the manual? And that's the crazy thing. The Maitlands really are not very literary, are they? They've got 125 years. They've been, what, three or four months now, we think it is, at this point. And they still haven't read the one book that doesn't look any bigger than maybe 300 pages. Or the chapter on haunting. They seriously have spent more time trying to talk to other people and try to figure things out than they would have spent if they just actually read the manual. Yep. This is true. I mean, how many, and, and that's, but you know, in the same way though, that's not uncommon from people. How many people get something and they just start messing with it before reading the manual? Yes, and because we all know the warnings come after the spells. Exactly. Bada bing. So, so you sit there and you read it all. I mean, you don't read it and you're just sitting there trying to play around with something. And you're trying to fix it or play with it or whatever it is. And then when it's wrong, you're like, oh. yeah, then you go back hours, to the, Then yeah. you go back to the manual and you're like, oh. That might be a guy thing. I read the instructions all the time. You should see the faces I just got from the guys. (laughs) Also, there's that, um, of course, now we're spoiled with Google. How many times have people asked the kind of question you're like, I don't know, we could Google that. Well, what I like now is too, most of the manuals for things are online, so you can just go online and find them. I don't like that. I remember getting a game back in the day and having the manual to read, and sometimes they would make it all, you know, sort of like the world like Crimson Skies was done as those a you know a serial magazine kind of thing. I, I miss I miss actual no, no, those physical are, media. No, no, that's cool. We can have that. I just like having to back up in case something happens. Because how many times have you lost a manual to something that's, that's true. five years old and you're like, what the? Heck? Especially if it had one of those codes like you you cannot play this game unless you enter the ninth word on page ten of the manual. Right. So let's bring this back to Beetlejuice then. Bring it back around. So if Beetlejuice were to be remade, because we, we talk about this because there is supposed to be a sequel being made that has been rumored for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there was just more talk of it recently about it being made because Michael Keaton said he would be interested in doing it. Yeah. So if they do indeed make the sequel, would something like the manual like this now be available on the internet as well? And Read the PDF. In the dark web, <laughs> maybe, or something like that. Ooh. So, I mean, how many changes are going to be made to, to adjust for the modern modern day era we'll be hiding in the model or we'll be hiding in like their sims model maybe who knows oh, come out of a computer game he's a sim exactly did we do a couple of those reality. movies in the 80s yes <laughs> oh, devil in the computer omg they were bad and one of them had one of your um guy from one of your favorite movies edward furlong was in one of them terminator 2 oh <laughs> anyway oh. edit that out <laughs> I think we've lost the thread here. I think so. And that's it for minute number 37. Come on back tomorrow and catch us for minute number 38. Until next time, save us some popcorn and we'll see you soon at the Beetlejuice Minute.